you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Today, it's going to be tough, as if the last three weeks haven't been a little tough, but... Uh, you know, we started off a few weeks ago with um, laying down these feelings of inadequacy. You know, if you grew up in a household where they told you, uh, you'll never amount to anything. You grew up on the wrong, wrong side of the tracks. You were born in the wrong time. You were born in the wrong country. These feelings of inadequacy. We lay those down so that we can be all that God created us to be. And then the second week, we laid down our need for control. Uh, we've got to be involved in everything and control everything. And maybe some of us may have picked that control back up since then. But uh, the point is we need to lay that control down. And let the Lord work in our lives so that he can have control instead of us trying to control everything. The, last week we talked about our right to be offended. You know how people are just, they just live with a chip on their shoulder. They're just mad at everybody and it's everybody else's fault and it's not my responsibility and we just need to lay that down guys listen and and own it when it's our responsibility and and not be offended and forgive people that have hurt us because we've all been hurt right and so we lay that right to be offended down and we forgive people that have hurt us this week we're going to talk about this longing for approval we all need to be approved and we love to be loved And here's how it goes kind of with me. So after the service today, my wife and I will be in the car and we'll be driving along and I'll say something like, wow, that sure was a good service today, wasn't it? And she'll say, man, that was an awesome service. And I'm thinking, okay, what's coming next? Wow, that sure was a good service today. We had an awesome service. It was great, wasn't it? And in my mind, guys, I'm hunting for this compliment of, you did an excellent job, honey. That was a great message. Man, I like this point and that point and this other point. You did such an awesome job. Right? Can you identify because here's, here's the real truth. I'm not standing up here to do a bad job. I want to do my best, not for my wife, but for the Lord. And so when I get approval, it helps me. And I'm just like you. When you get approval, it helps you. But there's some danger there, too, that we're going to discover today. But, you know, we live with this need to be needed and we love to be loved. And it's obvious. I'm just sharing about myself because I know me better than everybody else. And it just, it sends me into orbit when my wife says, you did an awesome job today. That was so good. Right? So, here's, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. If you're taking notes or you want the notes to today's message, you can go to lifeway.church forward slash uh, six, can you believe it's June already? Six dash two dash one nine. Six dash two dash one nine. And you can see all the notes there. So I'm giving you my notes here. 
as we go down. Here's some signs that you can judge yourself to see if you're longing for approval. Number one, you're overly concerned about what others think about you. How many of us obsess over a social media post? You posted something on Instagram and you go back like every two minutes to see if somebody liked it. Oh, I got three likes. Oh, why isn't, why isn't that person liked my post yet? I know they're on Instagram, right? You're wanting that approval. Um, what if people refer to you as the queen of selfie? Or the king of selfie? You know? You're, you're all the time, you know, doing the selfie thing. You're wanting other people to see you in important places. Guys, that can be really dangerous these days. There's people that have fallen off the cliff of the Grand Canyon in different places just taking a selfie because they want to show everybody where they're at. I'm, in, I'm, I'm at the top. I'm at an important thing. And we can be overly concerned about what other people think about us. How about this? If it takes you forever to decide what you want to wear. Now, I have to, have to speak for myself. I go into the closet and I'm looking up at my clothes and I'm there and I'm thinking, okay, is it, is it ironed or is it not ironed? Do I have to iron it or where am I going and how do I want to look? And my wife comes in and she says, are you still there? Can't you make a decision? What do you want to wear? I mean, come on. So sometimes it takes me uh, some minutes to decide what I want to wear. But then the, the ladies have a game too. They have the two-shoe game, the one shoe, the two-shoe. They put one shoe on one foot and another shoe on another foot. And they say, okay, which shoe? Which shoe? Which shoe? Which shoe looks better, right? <laughs> and then, then they ask you this, guys. They go, are you really sure? Like... They want approval. Guys, we want to approve of what we're wearing, right? It's okay to want to look your best, but to stress over it because of what other people might think when they see you, there's a fine line, isn't there, about being concerned about looking good and then being overly stressed out about what people will think about what you're wearing. Number two, are you often overly sensitive? So maybe you did post something on social media and some, some of your friends liked it, right? They liked it. And they've all been responding real quickly. But then you get that, that uh, one frowny face. And you're like, what's up with that? Or somebody comments on your post and, and they, they want to argue with you. And they want to shoot you something back or shoot you down. Are we overly sensitive? How about when you're texting with someone? This is a real good one. You're texting with someone. You're going along in this conversation. And yeah, yeah, here, here. Yeah, I'm back to you. I'm back to you. You want to go eat here? You want to go eat? Okay, let's make a decision. And you give them your answer and then crickets. And they don't respond. And you're like, okay, did I say something wrong? Did I say something bad? Do you, what did I do to offend you that now you don't want to, and it may be that person just got, couldn't get a signal or maybe their battery went out or maybe they just had a call come in and you don't know, but you get overly sensitive. 
Are you following me? Sometimes we're like that. How about, ladies can relate to this, when you bought a new outfit and you're in the store and when you try it on, you come out of the dressing room and everybody says, wow, that looks awesome, right? You take it home, you put it on, you're excited about wearing it the next day and you go and you go to work or you go to wherever you, you may go to school if you're young and nobody says anything about it. And you come home and, and, and then the, your husband says, or if it's vice versa, how did everybody like your new outfit? Nobody said anything about it. <laughs> you know, it's like, I shouldn't even have bought this. Nobody said anything, right? We can be overly sensitive. How about this third thing about uh, approval of others? When we compromise our values, we compromise our values. At work, this can happen at work when coworkers may be talking about another coworker. And you're standing in their presence and they're, they know that you're a good Christian. I mean, you're, you love the Lord. And they start talking bad about somebody and you're standing there and you're not saying anything. You're just agreeing. And the more bad things they say, the more you just like, yeah, that's true. That's true. And because we don't want to offend them, we're agreeing with them. And really, we're compromising our values because we don't want to disagree with people that we work with. Or maybe for guys, it could be that we're hanging around a bunch of guys and they start telling the off-color jokes and the, you know, these rude, crude jokes. And all of them are laughing and then you're like, uh-huh. Because, because you're afraid of walking away or you're afraid of saying, I, I Listen, guys, we don't need to talk that way. We compromise our values because we don't want other people to disapprove of us. Number four. Here's a sign that you're longing for approval if you hesitate to share your faith. You're a follower of Jesus. You believe that he rose from the dead and he has the power to reconcile and put people back together and help people. But a friend calls you that this friend doesn't know that you're a Christian and they're going through a crisis in their life and, and you're so afraid to share your faith with them that you hang up the phone and you, you don't share your faith because you don't want them to disapprove of the way that you live your life. And you're afraid. Here's another sign that you're longing for approval. If you have a hard time saying no. Somebody asks you, hey, could you do this thing? And inwardly you're going, no, don't. You don't have the time. You can't commit. You shouldn't commit. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, yeah, I'll be glad to. And so the struggle happens. Wow, I really shouldn't. I really don't have the time. I can't give it my all. This is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn out bad. And sometimes we do say yes when we should say no. And it's all because we want the approval of other people. So why do we do this? Why do we do this? Approval of other people. Because our, truly our ego is so insecure, we want to be liked. And we want to 
have other people make us feel good about ourselves. But listen to this. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. Becoming obsessed with what other people think about you is the quickest way to forget about what God says about you. Proverbs 29 and verse 25 says this. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Now let's think about this word, this, this scripture. The word snare here. Do we really know what a snare is? How many of us use a snare? And I'm not talking about the snare drum over here. But a snare. A snare was used back in the day to capture an animal, right? It was a trap. And so what does a snare do? It binds you and captures you until the person that set the trap comes and takes control over you, right? So this is what happens when we're longing for the approval of others. You're allowing their opinion of you to control your life. You're, long, you're, you're longing for their approval is they are controlling you. You're caught in their snare. Proverbs twenty-one twenty-five, out of the New English Version says it like this. It's dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. But if you trust the Lord, you are safe. So there, it's in plain English. It's dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. But if you trust in the Lord, you're safe. Trust in the Lord, fear God, and he will help you steer clear of the fear of man. And really that's what we're talking about. When we talk about wanting the approval of people, we, we are putting ourselves under this thing called the fear of man. We're afraid that people are going to disapprove of us. The fear of man is not just being afraid of what someone could do to you, but also being afraid that you're not living up to the expectations of others. And everyone has expectations of you. Your parents, if they're still alive, or even if they've passed on. <laughs> they expected you to do something, to turn out to be something. And if you're not fulfilling their expectations, you feel like you disapproved, or they disapproved of you and you failed them. And so this is a big thing, this thing called the fear of man because it's not just being afraid somebody's going to come at you with a gun and shoot you it's really when we are afraid that we're going to be disapproving to someone else and here's how it plays out maybe you can identify with this this phrase am I cool now am I cool now I drive a Mercedes am I cool now I have, I have an iPhone no longer am I buying the $99 phone. I've got that $1,000 phone. And I use it like this so that everybody can see. Am I, am I cool now? I'm wearing nice clothes. Carrying, not me, but my wife. Carrying a nice handbag. <laughs> right? With all the right markings on it. Am I cool now? 
I'm wearing a nice shoes. I'm going to a nice restaurant. Am I cool now? Am I cool now, right? I'm posting the right things on social media. Am I cool now? But when we try to win the approval of others, it's a modern day sign of idolatry. I know that's boom right at you, bottom line, but it is a modern day sign of idolatry. We're putting people higher than God. We're making people big and God small. And that's really what idolatry is, is worshiping something that's other than God, something that's not God. We should be more concerned with what God thinks than what other people think. And we all fall prey to that, am I cool now? How about parenting? I'm going to talk to the parents for just a second. It's a cool thing now for parents to have their kids like them. I want my kids to like me. I want my kids to think I'm cool now. But your kids may like you today, but they're not going to respect you tomorrow. Your number one call is not to be their buddy, but it's to be their guidance, their guide in life to steer them to do the right thing at the right time for the right reason. And if you're a parent and you try to be your kid's buddy, it's not going to work out in the end. Right? And I've got scripture for that, and we can talk about that on another message. But parents have to use that hard word, no. And when parents tell children no, then, pa- then children get disappointed. And they think the parents mean. Well, you're just being mean. No, I know better because I've been down that road, right? So it's not good to try to be cool to your kids. How about as a leader? If you're a leader, if you're a business leader in here, and you try to be friends with those people that you lead, and and you just try to do the cool thing and give them everything they want, and am I cool now? And you try to be popular. You can't please all of the people all of the time. And one decision that you make may not be popular. And so that's the very minute that you quit being cool. Right? Right? So we can't live our life trying to please people. So how do we overcome this disease to please? Two things. Number one, focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. If you look at Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10, as you turn there, remember this. We cannot live for the crowd but only for the audience of one, God alone. In a, in a day where we're surrounded by social media, and I don't know if you feel like I feel, but I can never catch up with social media. I want to connect with people over social media, but I just don't have the time. I would spend all my days posting stuff out there on social media. And then, am I living a real life or am I living a a digital life? And I mean, the power button goes off on all that and down the tubes it goes and the real me is still alive, guys. Listen, when I'm sitting with you at a restaurant enjoying a nice cup of coffee, I don't want to be looking at your Instagram feed. 
I want to see your face. I want to hear your heart. Right? So I could care less how many followers I have or how many people like me or unfriend me or dislike me or disagree with me. Right? So I, I cannot afford to live for the crowd because I'm living for an audience of one. My God. Look at Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says, Obviously, this is Paul. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So what Paul is saying here is, if I were pleasing, if my goal were pleasing people, I would be the servant of people, not the servant of Christ. There's times where I please God where I don't please people. And I understand that. But I'm trying to please God. I'm not trying to please people. John Witherspoon, back in the 1700s, who was a minister in the Church of Scotland, he was a signer of the Declaration of Independence, by the way. He said this, It is only the fear of God that can deliver us from the fear of man. And so, here's the fear of God. The fear of God says this, God, I love you so much, I want to please you in all that I do. You see, that's not being afraid of God. That is being uh, respectful of God. I want to find out what God requires of me and then I want to do it with all my heart. And if you're pleased, good. If you're not pleased, I'm sorry. Because I'm not living to please you, I'm living to please God. And that's what Paul is saying, right? That's how we have to live our life. Oswald Chambers, who lived from 1874 to 1917, he was a Scottish Baptist evangelist and teacher. He wrote the book, My Upmost for His Highest, said this. The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. And so that's the truth. If we're afraid of men, if, if we're only living to please people, then you're bound by the snare, as Proverbs says. You're bound in a trap. My years of serving as a pastor and loving people that can turn on me and really hurt me, I realized that something that has totally transformed me and freed me, and that is this. That I cannot please everybody, but I can please God. And I'm free from trying to please everybody. And this is what I have to focus on. Say this with me. I cannot please everybody, but I can please God. Let's say it again. I cannot please everybody, but I can please God. That just... That just freed some people in here because you've been trying to please people. Some people have even passed on into heaven. Some people have already gone and you still find yourself trying to please them. But really, God is the only one that we should be concerned with. The second way 
that we can overcome the disease to please is we live from the approval of God instead of for the approval of people. We live from the approval of God instead of for the approval of people. Second Thessal- or First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4 says this, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our heart. And so I'm saying this today, if you're a follower of Jesus, God approves of you through Jesus Christ. He already approves of you. God already approves of you. God knows you better than you know yourself. And you need to know that God loves you, and because he loves you, he approves of you. In Christ, God approves of you. And somebody needs to hear this, that your worth is not based on what other people think about you. You are worthy because God made you and because he created you in Christ. God approves of you. God loves you. And you don't need to spend the rest of your life trying to appeal and, and be... Uh, satisfying to others around you, approved by everybody. If you'll just do what God tells you to do the rest of your life, I'm sure that you will hear at the end, well done, good and faithful servant. We're here to serve God, not to please people. So, This brings us to the the last point. But here's the bottom line. Who does God say you are? Because these four weeks now we've been talking about who we think we are, who other people think, think that we are, who we try to be. But really, what does God say that we are? Because we're putting everything on the altar everything on the altar and we're saying God here I am guys if you put put uh, Romans 12 1 and 2 up on the screen here says this therefore I urge you brothers and sisters this was Paul talking to the church at Rome but I'm talking to the church at Decula this morning I'm urging you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy, because God is so merciful and he loves you so much. And he's, he sent Jesus to this earth to show you how much he loves you. Because he loves you so much, offer your bodies. And that doesn't just mean your, your physical body, but it means your spirit, your soul, and your body. All of you wrapped up together. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable and pleasing to God because this is your true and proper worship. Do this every day. Do this. Go before God. Before you look in the mirror, it helps. So that when you do look in the mirror, you say, wow, there's God's creation. 
instead of, I wish I were somebody else. Guys, listen to me. Listen to me. God made you the way he made you for a purpose. And he loves you just the way you are. With that accent that you talk with, with that hair going on like you got, he loves you and he will use you in situations and places that you never even dreamed of because he made you. And if you'll just give yourself, or the hair that you don't have, I start to say, right? For all, all the ones that are pelato today that on vacation. Offer yourself to God. And it's only after we offer ourselves to God and put ourselves on the altar, then we are able to not conform to the pattern of this world, but we're able to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, we renew our mind to what God says about us, not what we think or not what our parents say, not what our coworkers say, we renew our mind to what God says about us. So here's 10 things that God says about you. And it's in your notes. Number one, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You are a new creation. God created you. You're a new creature. Before, before you became born again, before you gave your heart to the Lord, you're... you're, you're, you're you're a new, born, reborn creature. God made you. You're not the same person you were when you were born physically. Your mother and father gave you a name after their name. But listen, when you get born again, God gives you his name. He calls you by his name. And you're a new creation in Christ. The second thing is you are forgiven and your sins are washed away. Ephesians 1, 7. You're forgiven and your sins are washed away. Think about that. God, who forgives all sins through the blood of Jesus, has, forgiving, has forgiven your sins. They're washed away. When you go back to him and you say, but what about that that I did a few years ago? What about that bad thing? He says, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I put it under the blood. It's wiped out. As long as we ask forgiveness and repent and move forward, move forward, go forward, God's forgiveness is ours and our sins are washed away. Romans 8.37 says, we are more than a conqueror through Christ. Not just a conqueror. A conqueror is one thing, but we're more than a conqueror through Christ. It's kind of explained like this, you know, the husband goes to work, he gets the paycheck, he's the conqueror. He comes home, the wife says, hand me the paycheck, and she's more than the conqueror. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> but God made us a more than a conqueror. In other words, he made us victorious. So the battle, the battle that you're going through right now is only temporary. Because he's made you more than a conqueror. The last person standing is the winner, and we are the last person standing. How about you are God's masterpiece? Ephesians 
masterpiece, original, not a copy, not a photograph copy of someone's masterpiece. I mean the masterpiece. When people are over in Paris, France today, going down the Louvre to look in the museum, and they come to Rembrandt's masterpiece, they're like, wow, this is really it. I've seen it in books. I've seen copies of it. This is it. When God looks at you and you wake up, he says, that's it right there. I made that one. I made that one. Wow. Look, look. Think about it, guys. In, in Genesis, God makes everything in seven days, right? Or six days. He rested on the seventh day. But when he gets up to the sixth day, he creates man. And on day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, he says, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. God created the skies. He created the, wash, uh, the, the oceans. He created the, the, the birds and the, and the animals. It's good. It's good. It's good. And we created man. Read it in Genesis. He said, it's very good. Very good. He didn't create the earth for himself, he created man, put him on the earth, and said, he's very good. We're going to outlive this, this earth that we're on right now. Because God created us very good. You are his masterpiece. How about Matthew 5, 14? You are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. He, he has put his light in you. He wants you to shine. He made you full of light. Number six, you're filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Romans 8, 11. Romans 8, 11. God thinks you're so special that he filled you with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. How awesome is that? He believes in you. He has faith in you. He trusts you with his Holy Spirit. That's an awesome God. That's what God says about you. Romans 8, 17 says, you are a joint heir with Christ. A joint heir with Christ. That means everything that Christ has, we have. Because we're joint heirs with him. I like that. Because I had nothing before I came to Christ. After I came to Christ, I have all that Christ has. That's, that's God's promise. Now, the devil will try to convince you that you have nothing. And if you hang around people that are losers, they will try to convince you that you have nothing. Right? But if you look at what God says about you, he says that you're joint heirs with Christ. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. How can we lose? Another scripture says, if God is for us, who can be against us? We, we just sang it this morning. How about 2 Corinthians 5.20? We are Christ ambassadors. We are Christ ambassadors. And the ambassador has the, the, the highest privilege when they go to another country. They have the highest privilege of the country they came from. And so we are ambassadors of Christ on this earth. 
He has given us the highest privilege and the most authority on this earth. Wow. Think about that. No longer are you going to believe the lie that you're no good, that you can't do it, or that you have to approve, have the approval of other people. When God called you his ambassador. Couple more. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You have right standing with God. You have the ability to walk into the presence of God at any time. That's why the Bible says, Jesus said, when you pray, go into your closet and close the door. You're not praying to men. You're praying to God. You're praying to God. So you, if you want to go to your closet, you can go to your closet. You can go to a spare room or wherever. You can go outside in the middle of... And pretend like you're shutting the door on the throne room of heaven. And there you are. It's not pretending. It's for real. And you have an audience with God. He welcomes you because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Into his very throne room. That's who he thinks you are. That's who he says you are. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 7. You are greatly loved by God. You're greatly loved by God. Think about that. For God so loved the world. We were part of the world and God loved us. The Bible says we, he loved us even when we weren't a believer. That he loved us. That's what God says about you. That's who God thinks you are. So let me pray for you. I believe that there are people today that are being set free. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.